And I'm going to do somewhat of a word study tonight and look at this word and um, <clears throat> try and watch our time as well. But it's a great word. <clears throat> now, it's a word that here in the verse that we're about to look at is being commanded to us. We're supposed to be kind. But do you know the other side of it is that we expect kindness from God? In fact, we depend upon it. In fact, you might also say that we live in God's kindness. It really is his kindness that, <clears throat> that we're, we're, we're needing and expecting. So Ephesians 4, verse 31. <clears throat> Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Right. Now, if we were to pick the key word in that passage there, we'd pick the word kindness. Right? Be kind one to another. Because the result of us putting off and getting rid of and dealing with all the rest of the stuff uh, is that we're supposed to be kind one to another. That's a word of prayer. Father, would you bless us tonight as we look to you and help us, Lord. And oh, Lord, uh, let us look at your word. Let us receive instruction from it. And Lord, may we be truly changed by it. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Proverbs 31, verse 26, talks about the uh, Proverbs woman. And it says that she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. Now, that's an interesting way to put it, isn't it? The law of kindness makes it a law. Uh, It's a law. Now, oftentimes, more usually than not, actually, in the Old Testament, that word kindness is translated as mercy. Mercy. That uh, on her tongue is the law of mercy, that she's merciful. Now, let me ask you tonight, is the law of kindness on your tongue, not just women, but men as well, is the law of kindness on your tongue? Uh, is the law of kindness in your manner? Is the law of kindness in your life? Because if God says it's a law of kindness, then we need to be obeying that law. We need to be practicing that rule, that prescription, that instruction, that order, order from God. Are you, am I, are we being kind one to another? Doesn't it sound so lame sometimes? Yeah, kind. But God makes a big issue of it. God makes a big deal of it. <clears throat> All right, let's define it. What is kindness? Kindness, according to the dictionary, means sympathetic. A person who is kind is sympathetic. He's gentle, friendly, tender-hearted, and generous. Um, Biblically, it means moral excellence, the disposition to treat others well. That's not natural, is it? Our disposition is not to treat others well, not naturally. Our disposition is to treat ourselves well at the expense of everybody else. But... Part of our Christianity is that our disposition is supposed to change. See, we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, uh, and we'll come to Galatians in a moment. When we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, what we're talking about is obviously something the Holy Spirit bears through our lives. But you could put it this way. It's a change in our disposition, that we change, that we're different, that the expression of our personality is different. You know, in the passage in Ephesians that we just looked at, we're coming in at the tail end of it, but we're looking at the passage of put on and put off. So he says, put off bitterness and wrath and put on kindness. So the new you, when you let the Holy Spirit have his full reign in your life, is supposed to be kind. It's supposed to be merciful. It's supposed to be a blessing uh, to other people. You're you're supposed to be changed because you're a Christian, and, and it's supposed to be different. And you're supposed to be different. Uh, 
1 Corinthians 13 tells us that love is kind. Now, we understand that love means giving ourselves for others, but there's a kindness involved, and it's very practical. Galatians 5.22, gentleness there, the fruit of the Spirit, gentleness, can be translated as kindness. Um, we have to ask ourselves, am I a kind person? Or perhaps we want to say, what kind of person are we? But, we are a, but are we a kind person? Is kindness demonstrated in your life? Is kindness demonstrated in how you speak? Is kindness demonstrated in how you conduct yourself? Is kindness expressed in your general overall manner of life? <clears throat> Is that real in your life? Psalm 31, verse 21 says, Blessed be the Lord, for he has shown me his marvelous kindness. Right? His marvelous kindness. Hasn't God shown you his marvelous kindness? Let's think about it for a moment. What do you deserve from this great God? We so quickly get away from that. We so quickly get away from what we really deserve. But we deserve the punishment of hell. But what has he shown you? Kindness. He sent his son to die for you. And what has he shown you since he sent his son to die for you? Kindness after kindness after kindness. Isn't that true? Now, we're singing about accepted in the beloved. That's, that's truth. That's scriptural truth. And God has shown you kindness. Now, you may be in a place today where you're thinking, well, you know what, my life's not going very well. Where's his kindness? But if you stop for a moment and think about it, there's all kinds of kindness in your life. First of all, you're saved. You're on your way to heaven. That's kindness. Listen, can you imagine where you'd be apart from God's kindness in your life? How many of you are hungry tonight because you have no food in your house? Probably no one. You should have went with the, with, with the guys to Jimmy Chunks because they've... Jimmy Chunks had a bad day today. The men saw went to Jimmy Chunks, and I'm telling you... It's an all-you-can-eat restaurant. I mean, he's cleaned out. The guy's down there crying tonight. I mean, we're well-fed. We're taken care of, aren't we? You know, listen, a lot of kindness in our lives. Oh, yeah, you've got problems. You've got difficulties and issues in your life. But don't let the, dish, the, the issues in your life uh, overcloud the fact that you've got kindness shown from God over and over and over again in your life. We depend on it. <clears throat> Joel 2.13 says this, And mend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Now what does that mean? God was judging Israel. When God ever God's judging Israel, you know, it's really not hard to go through it and find out, you know, listen, they deserved it. It really is not. You can always see it. By the way, it's the same in your life too. When God's judging you, it's not hard uh, for you to go through your life and find out why uh, this is going on in your life. But God is judging Israel. But in the midst of his judgment, Joel is telling them, listen, repent, turn your hearts. For God is merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Listen, he'll turn back from it. And you can depend upon that about God. Isn't that good to know? Listen, you may have had a father who, listen, wasn't kind. You may have had a father who, you know, if you got it wrong, uh, he let you know you got it wrong, and he st stood on the fact that you got it wrong, and you felt the full, full measure of his wrath, but that's not the kind of a father you're dealing with now. He is of great kindness. You may be estranged from him tonight, but he's of great kindness. 
He's of great mercy. Nehemiah 9, verse 17 says, <clears throat> and again speaking of judgment on Israel, and refused to obey, neither were mindful of thy wonders. He's confessing uh, the sins of the nation uh, that thou didst bring among them, but hardened their necks, and in their rebellion appointed a captain to return to their bondage. Whoa. Remember Israel did that? They hardened their necks. They got fed up with God. They said, listen, let's get us a leader. We're going back to uh, Egypt. At least we had food there. And, you know, they were with, oh, that were you or me after all we'd done for Israel. You know what I'm telling you? Israel would be uh, just, just, just an object lesson and what not to do, how not to treat God. But you know what it says? But thou art a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness and forsookest them not. God's great mercy kicked in, and he didn't forsake them. Uh, <clears throat> Psalm 17, verse 7 says, Show thy marvelous loving kindness, O thou that savest by thy right hand them which put their trust in thee from those that rise up against them. You see, David here is writing a psalm, and he's saying, Lord, show your marvelous loving kindness. Right? Lord, be kind to me. Be merciful to me. By the way, do you ever pray a prayer like that? You should. You should ask God to show you his loving kindness, to show you his mercy. God's not put upon when you do something like that. God's honored that you would actually ask him to show you his kindness in your day-to-day -day life, that you would actually ask God to reach into your life uh, and show his kindness because you need it. I need it. We need it to get us through the day, to get us through the week. We need it. <clears throat> now, Loving kindness, I love this definition. A teacher asked her pupils the meaning of loving kindness. And a little boy jumped up and said, well, if I was hungry and someone gave me a piece of bread, that would be kindness. But if they put a little jam on it, that would be loving kindness. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's not the way it is. God puts jam on it for us, doesn't he? Listen, he has promised that he will take care of us, right? That he will meet our needs, that uh, all these things shall be added onto you, food and shelter, and, and, and he does, but he puts jam on it, doesn't he? He's kind to us. He's, he's uh, loving, he shows us loving kindness. In Ephesians 2, verse 7, it says, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness through, G through Christ Jesus. Now look with me at Ephesians 2. Just back the page, because you're on Ephesians 5, I think. Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> you know, it talks about our, our, our great salvation. He's going to go on to, to our salvation being of grace and not of works. But in verse 7, he tells us something about our salvation, and he tells us something about him. Right? That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. Now, he's talking about something that's going to display the riches of his grace. Something that's going to show everybody who he is. Something that's going to demonstrate his glory. And look what it is. <clears throat> in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. Do you know what one of the things we're going to do in heaven? One of the things that we're going to do in heaven is we're going to be amazed at his loving kindness. We're going to look back in our lives, and when we're in the full understanding of what sin is, and how it offends God, and of what salvation is, we're going to look at the situation, and we're going to say, how did he do it? How did he do it? You know, we sung this morning, how can it be that God should love a soul like me? That's what we're going to sing in glory. We're going to be amazed at how he could have loved us. 
Everyone's going to be amazed at God's kindness in sending his son to die for us. You know, uh, in Titus 3 and verse 4, we see the kindness of Jesus Christ expressed. <clears throat> but after the kindness and love of God our Savior towards man appeared, and it was kindness that sent the Son. It was mercy that sent the Son to die for us. Uh, in Genesis 40 and verse 14, uh, we see Joseph. He says, But think on me when it shall be well with thee, and show kindness, I pray unto thee, and make mention of me unto Pharaoh, and bring me out of this house. And what he's asking is, he's asking the butcher and the baker, he's saying, listen, uh, when you get out, the butler rather, and the baker, when you get out of here, he's asking them, remember me to Pharaoh, show kindness. Now that's an interesting understanding of this kindness. Listen, remember me, bring my name up, be kind to me. You know this kindness that we receive from God so freely and so readily? We're supposed to share it. We're supposed to be kind one to another. Now let me ask you this. Do you deserve God's kindness? No. Not hardly. You don't deserve God's kindness at all. Okay? Now when it comes to showing kindness to others, we have to understand that it's his kindness we're talking about here. That it's his kindness in our lives being expressed towards others. We're not talking about deserving it. We're not talking about people who married it. Listen, look, it's very natural for you to be kind to your friends, isn't it? Listen, your kids, you, 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 you want to buy gifts to your kids, you want to be a blessing to them. That's very natural. But <clears throat> the idea for us is here, we're to be kind to others too. Like God is kind, right? <clears throat> um, <clears throat> In um, Joshua 2 and verse 12, Rahab asks them to show kindness and protect them. You see, Rahab the harlot knew what was coming down. She'd heard the stories. She'd, she for somehow understood and believed God was going to give them this land. Everybody else was hoping against hope that he wouldn't, was fighting against the truth. But Rahab said, no, listen. And she said, show me kindness. Have mercy on me. And they did. They showed mercy on her, and listen, uh, they protected her, and um, <clears throat> Joshua protected her as they went in. Uh, <clears throat> in 2 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 2, the, the, then David said, I will show kindness to Hanan, the son of Nahash. Why? His father showed kindness to me. So here's the deal. We're supposed to return kindness. We're supposed to be a kind people. Now, Understand that, that because our, our God is kind, we're supposed to be kind too. And you say, well, I haven't got it in me. You know, I was talking about a marriage situation just the last, uh, a few days ago. And it was, it's a hard situation. This woman's in a difficult, difficult place. You know, and, you know, the natural, normal response of love would be impossible in this situation. But you know what? Kindness is not. That she can actually be kind. She can show God's kindness. We receive and we show. And there's really a principle with God that, you know, what we share, we receive more of. And what we keep to ourselves. So God loves me. God's kind to me and I'm going to hold on to it. That's what Israel did. God's our God. We own him. Uh, he doesn't belong to anybody else. And um, we're going to keep him for ourselves, and, and nobody else gets a look in. And um, you know what? They lost him. Effectively, practically speaking, they lost him. 
They were supposed to share him. And the same is true for you, that when you share the gospel, when you share with others the kindness of God in saving you, you know what happens? You get more of them. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. You'll never have the fullness of Christ and the blessing you want in your life apart from witnessing. He's saying he keeps harping on about that. He brings it in everywhere. I bring it in everywhere because it's real, it's true, it's, it's the truth. Apart from being a witness, you'll never know the fullness of Christ. That's just the way it is. That's the ultimate kindness that you're passing on. <clears throat> Let me read you a quote here. Uh, <clears throat> when D.L. Moody was in New York one time, he was, helping, he was helped considerably by, considerably by a man named R.K. Remington. When Moody was leaving on the train, he grasped his friend on the ha- by the hand and he said, If you ever come to Chicago, call on me and I will try to return your kindness. In reply, Mr. Remington said to Mr. Moody, Don't wait for me. Do it to the first man that comes along. Just spread it around. That's the way it's supposed to be. We're supposed to spread around that kindness. We're supposed to spread around that mercy. We're not supposed to always be recipients holding on to it. We're to be receiving it and spreading it around. It's to be coming to us and we're to be giving it away. We're to demonstrate kindness to others. <clears throat> um, after the war, Lafayette <clears throat> returned. This was during the, 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 the War of Independence in, in the U.S. But after the war, this French guy who had helped in the war uh, returned to France. And in 1824, he visited America. An old soldier went up to him and said, Do you remember me? And Lafayette said, No. He said, do you remember the frosts and snows of Valley Forge? And Lafayette said, I shall never forget them. One bitterly cold night, continued the old soldier, when you were going the rounds, you came upon a sentry who was thinly clothed. He was also slowly freezing to death. And you took his gun and you said, go to my hut, and there you will find clothes, a blanket, and a fire. After warming yourself, bring the blanket to me. Meanwhile, I will keep guard for you. When the soldier returned to you, you cut the blanket in two pieces, one piece for you and the other piece you gave to the sentry. Tears ran down the cheeks of the old soldier as he said, General, here is that other half of the blanket. I am the sentry you saved. And he remembered his kindness to him. Do you realize that people will remember you for your kindness? People will remember you for stepping out of the way to actually take care of them. And look, if we were to go around the room with the microphone and say, what's your trouble tonight? Everybody here has a trouble. Everybody here has a difficulty. Everybody here has a problem. There's not a one in this room that doesn't have some burden on their shoulders tonight. If if there is here, listen, that's great. But you know what? Typically, we all have burdens. We all have troubles. We all have difficulties in our lives. If you wait all your life for someone to show kindness to you, for someone to, someone to show mercy, for, for someone to give to you, you'll be waiting and you'll be empty. But when you start showing kindness, there's a way of coming back to you. Kind of like a boomerang, it comes back to your life. When you start showing kindness, uh, it'll come back. <clears throat> We're supposed to be kind one to another. Our Heavenly Father is very kind to us and he says, I want you to be kind to other people too. I want you to reach out and help them and be kind to them uh, as well. <clears throat> Remember the book of Ruth. Look in the book of Ruth in in, um, Ruth chapter 2. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 20. 
Now, Ruth has been out and she's been gleaning, and her life's dreadful, but she's, she's came with Naomi, she's been gleaning, and um, she ends up gleaning in the fields of Boaz. And look what Naomi says to her, because Boaz is very good to her and takes care of her. And Naomi said unto her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness to the living and the dead. Now, he there, the he is Boaz. But it's the he of the Lord, who hath not left off his kindness. Now, here's what's happening here. Boaz is the person showing the kindness. He is the instrument of kindness in Naomi's life. But do you know who the director of the kindness is? It's God. That's always the way in our lives. That God shows us kindness and uses people to do it. Do you know what he wants? He wants to use you to show kindness to people. When we sang Accepted in the Beloved, I made made the comment that everybody out there is looking to be accepted in the Beloved. Now, The truth is, more than 90% of the world have no idea who God is in reality. Now, it's considerably more than 90%, but we're just saying 90%. How are they going to know God? What's the first thing they get to know about God when it comes to knowing him personally? It's his love. We love him because he first loved us. That's, that's, the, the, that's the door opener. That's the reality. That, that's what touches people. You know, we tend to want to feel, well, God, judge them and make them feel bad and really go after them. But you know what? God can judge them and make them feel bad and go after them, and, and they can turn and walk away. But do you know what they can't escape? They can't escape his love. And every one of you that got saved at some point, the love of God kicked in. Now, you may not be able to identify it clearly, but the love of God, the acceptance of God kicked in. Now, how is God going to show a lost world that he loves them? He needs instruments. He needs people. He needs you and I. He needs our kindness out there showing his love to us and through us to them. Now, what that means is that means you're getting over yourself and getting your over your own needs and problems and issues and stepping out there to take care of other people. That's what that means. And, you know, here's the reality. The more we step out of ourselves and show kindness and love to other people, you know what? The more kindness and love that's coming our way. You know, uh, the more that's actually coming in uh, as we give it out, the more God is giving us. And that's the reality. But we've got to get our heads around that. Because it's very easy for us to get stuck in the place where we're hurt and we're needy and we want somebody else to show kindness to us. And that's death. That's death. That's you getting in the place listen, where, where you want it all. Where you want somebody else. And when you get in that place, listen, there's no thankfulness in your heart. There's just this discontented spirit. But when you say, look, I know I've got needs, but I'm going to show kindness. All of a sudden it changes. It turns around because you can show kindness. <clears throat> so <clears throat> it was God inspiring this man to actually help him. I wonder, has God been inspiring you to help someone? And you've been saying in your heart, yeah, well, if I had it, I would. But I haven't got it. And you know what's happening? You're actually denying yourself. Because if you would give, God would bless you and you would have. Isn't that the principle of faith promise? 
that if we're willing to give to missions, to missionaries, to help people get the gospel to others, that's the ultimate kindness. God will take care of us. That's the truth of it. God does. Don't hold back on God. Don't, don't, don't look at just where you're at and your needs and, and, and how you don't have it to give. Somebody else will have to do it. But, but rather listen, look to God and say, listen, he's so kind to me. I need to be kind to other people. And start demonstrating it. You know, one of the messages we look to come over to our, our missions conference is the idea uh, on, on, on being abounding in generosity. That we're generous. That we're giving. Now, I don't know about your finances, but I know, listen, in my finances, there's never enough to go around. And you're probably the same way, but we're supposed to abound in generosity. We're supposed to be giving. We're supposed to be looking for needs and then meeting them. <clears throat> and when we do, God blesses us. Look at First Samuel 20, verse 14 and 15. I'll just read it for you there, right? And you shall not only yet, while I yet live, show me the kindness of the Lord that I die not, but also you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. So Jonathan was making this promise or asking for this. No, not when the Lord has cut off the enemies of David, everyone uh, from the face of the earth. So Jonathan said, I'm your good friend. When you're in charge, when you're responsible, God has selected you. Don't forget me. Don't forget to show kindness. And David didn't. Remember, David went, said, is there anybody of Jonathan's left? And they found Mephibosheth. And he brought Mephibosheth into his house, and Mephibosheth sat at his table and ate in the king's palace for the rest of his life. Because David remembered the promise, and David went looking for somebody to show kindness to, in answer to his commitment to Jonathan. Um, <clears throat> Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 35. But love ye your enemies, and do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Right? Now, two sides to it there. He's telling you what you should do, and he's telling you what your heavenly Father does. And we need to be like him. So our Heavenly Father is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. And he says, you're to love your enemies and do good and land, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest. What's he saying to you? He's saying, listen, you give. You take care of others. You dig down deep and share. And your Heavenly Father is going to take care of you. Now, look, you know, <clears throat> loving your enemies doesn't come easy to me. Does it come easy to you? That's not something that I do by nature. My nature is all against that. My nature is all about hating your enemies. But the Spirit of God in me says, no, love your enemies. Do good to them that would despitefully use you. God says, treat them. We're to be kind to those who would treat us wrong. That's tough. But you know what? When you're kind like that, you're drawn on the kindness of your Heavenly Father. And He's able to do it through you. And you know, <clears throat> here's what we keep coming up against in our Christianity. We keep coming up against the brick wall of us. Isn't that right? We say, I can't. I, I, I just can't. Well, I know you can't. 
God knows you can't. God never intended you to. It's God through you that does it. It's when you step out of the natural, the normal, what you're able for, and you step into the supernatural where it's God working through you, that miracles begin to happen. See, the world doesn't need to see uh, another philanthropist, another person who's giving of themselves. The world needs to see Jesus working in people's lives and doing great things. So when you're willing, it's not you, it's him working through you. It's God actually using you, God working through you. Second um, Peter 1 verse 7. I'm skipping through stuff here because I haven't got time to reach all of it. Second Peter 1 verse 7. And we are to add to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. We're to be kind to each other. We're to be merciful. We're to be taking care of each other. Uh, <clears throat> Brotherly kindness is uh, the Philadelphia, which has to do with the love of a brother. But here it is translated, kindness to a brother. Do we have that in our lives? Do we have kindness to a brother? You know, when, when we're kind to a brother, we're looking for the best, aren't we? You know, if we had to take, obviously in 1 Corinthians 13, we have the word love. That's what it's dealing with, it's dealing with love. But if we had to replace the word love, say somebody said, well, explain to me what love is. Well, you could say, well, it's kind of like kindness. It's kind of like being merciful and taking care of and giving yourself for other people. And that's what it is. It's that kindness and taking care of people. <clears throat> okay, let me read you three quick quotes here. Right? Uh, <clears throat> African Confederate General Robert E. Lee retired from military life. He was named president of the Washington and Lee University in Lexington, Virginia. Originally, originally, it was named the Washington Academy because of a 50,000 gift from George Washington. The name of the school was changed in 1871 in honor of Lee, who served as president from 1865 to 1870. While Lee was president of the university, a new student came into Lee's office and asked for a copy of the school's rules and regulations. Lee replied that the school had no printed rules. He said, our only rule is kindness. Our only rule is kindness. Now, on the one hand, you know, if I think, think of life at a Christian school and say, our only rule is kindness, that terrifies me, right? Uh, <clears throat> but you know what? The truth is that if the only rule was kindness and it was kept, it would work. It would actually work. All the rest of the rules would actually be encompassed by it. You see... Love encompasses the whole law. So if people were kind to each other, it would work. You know what? Church is a wonderful place to be. When we do what Jesus said and we love each other. When we show kindness. It's it's a wonderful place to be. Now, I know you're going to say, well, you know what? You're dead right. If people would love me and be kind to me, it would be a real nice place to be, right? But we can't be responsible for what somebody else does. But we can be responsible for what we do. Are you kind? Are you loving? Our only rule is kindness. <clears throat> Here's another quote. Robert Louis Stevens wrote in a letter, It is a history of our kindnesses that alone makes the world tolerable. Uh, if it were not so, 
that for the effect of a kind words, kind looks, kind letters, multiplying, spreading, making one happy through another, and bringing forth benefits some thirty, fifty, and a thousandfold, I should be tempted to think that our life is a practical jest in the worst possible spirit. Now, Robert Louis Stevenson was a thinker. That's not to be just treated lightly. Kindnesses make the world go around. Has someone shown you kindness this kindness this week? Didn't it, didn't it lift your day? Someone who just took and did something for you that was kind, that showed mercy, that took care of you. You know, maybe you went into the shop, you know, and uh, five times you went into a shop and somebody bit the head off you for some reason or other. You've had that happen to you, haven't you? And then you phoned one person and they were kind. And you know what? You lifted on it. It's amazing how kindness can actually lift us. It's incredible. You know, it's amazing how that can stay in your memory. Uh, you know, he's right. Um, one more quote by John Wesley. He said this, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, and unto all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Right? Now, John Wesley was a great theologian. Wrote lots of books. That's a very simple statement. He said, do all the good you can. Be kind. You know what? You could have all the theological books written and all the theological books down and not be kind and it doesn't count. So what's your motto when you get up in the day? <clears throat> is the law of kindness in your mouth? Is it in your manner? Is it in your life? <clears throat> First of all, here's what we need to do. We need to make our words kind. We need to make our words kind. <clears throat> the law of kindness needs to be in our mouth. Listen, that will make somebody's day tolerable like you can't understand you know, everybody out there is under a burden. And a kind word is such a blessing. Let the law of kindness be in your mouth. In all your actions towards others, be kind. You say, but I don't always feel like being kind. I know you don't always feel like being kind. You say, but they don't always deserve me being kind. I know they don't deserve you being kind. We're not talking about what you feel like doing. We're not talking about what you deserve. We're talking about you purposing to obey the living God. And every time you purpose to obey the living God, you know what? There's power. There's power to do it. Be kind. And in our manner of life, our way of life, our approach, one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is what? Kindness. How is our Heavenly Father kind, great kindness, loving kindness? If our manner is that, then I submit to you that both our actions and our words will follow. What an inspiring, enjoyable bunch we would be if we would take on some simple rules and principles in our lives. If we would decide we're going to be kind. I know you're not able. We're not able. But if we would just decide that we're going to be kind, not to our friends, but to everyone, including the ones that treat us wrong. You know, <clears throat> let's start it close to home. What about kindness in your home? Sometimes homes can be very unkind, can't they? It's supposed to be the safest place on, place on earth, but oftentimes it's not. What about being kind in your home? What about kind words, kind thoughts, kind actions? What about between husband and wife? Just purposing to be kind. 
You know, you say, Pastor, don't you understand? People get married because they fall hopelessly in love and they could never be unkind to each other. Don't you wish that's the way it worked? But you know what? You can purpose to be kind. You can decide to be kind. And you know what? If you decide to be kind, it would have a deep impact on your relationship. What about with your kids? You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's an absolute shame, but in our society, some of the people that catch the, <clears throat> the end of our unkindness easily and <clears throat> with the greatest of ease are kids. And you know why? Because they can't protect themselves. They don't have rights to say, you can't do that to me, you can't say that to me. They can't rile, rile up. Be kind to your kids. Speak kind words to your kids. What about in the workplace? You say, well, you, you, you don't know my workplace. You were kind, you get walked on. Why don't you just try it? Why don't you just try and be kind in the workplace? Well, why not be kind to that guy who's nasty to you? Just be kind, simply kind. What in the church? What about in school? What about to the people you meet in your job? Just kindness. I don't mean fond, fawning... You know, foolish <clears throat> pretense. I mean, real kindness. What are in the men's home, guys? If we said Monday, the <clears throat> what day is tomorrow? Monday's the 18th, and Monday's the 17th, isn't it? If we said Monday, the 17th of June, 2013, was Kindness Day in the men's home. <laughs> I understand them laughing, but I understand why you guys are laughing. All right. <laughs> what about if we did that? Wouldn't that be amazing? Just kindness to each other. Do you think you'd feel better by tomorrow night? You'd obviously feel better, wouldn't you? Well, what? Listen, you know, some of the things of our Christianity are so simple, we fall over them. We miss them. Be ye kind one to another. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Let's be kind. Father in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your kindness and your goodness and your love to us. Lord, would you help us? Lord, we want to be all that you have planned for us to be, but, Father, we fall far short so often. Or would you bless? Would you let us take on board the law of kindness and let it be the rule of our lives? In Jesus' name we pray. Let's all stand quietly to our feet. And as the piano plays and God has dealt with you, encourage you to step out of your seat and come and do business with God. As God has dealt with you, step out of your seat and come do business with him.